August 25th, 2023. Toward the bottom of the Amud, the new Mishnah, at the very beginning of a line, maybe nine lines from the bottom. The Mishnah continues in the uh, conversation that we've been having in the last several Mishnayot and Gemarot with regards to the Tehum of Shabbat, uh, the area outside of which, or into which, you're allowed to uh, walk up until on Shabbat or Yom Tov, the 2000 Amah. But as we understood, there are status uh, realities that are in place with regards to your possessions as well. And in turn, the question of all these Mishnayot has been, whose item is in whose possession? In other words, if I were to lend it to you before Yom Tov, whose status is residing above it? Is it yours or is it mine? If it's on Yom Tov, alternatively, and so forth, we've had many different situations. This Mishnah continues that, whereas the last Mishnah talked about the difference between a flame and a coal, this Mishnah will talk about another specific type of situation. Here it is, Bor Shel Yahid. What if we're dealing with a pit, a place where there's water that's gathered and in turn going to be used? How far can that water be moved? What's the status? Who's the owner, so to speak, of that of, of the water, the contents of that bor, of that pit? Well, if it's Shel Yahid, if it's owned by an individual, it's a personal pit of water, that's quite simple. It means that the status of the water is uh, upon and is, is owned by the individual who owns that pit. And as a result, if you came on Yom Tov to take water from me, I'd be happy to give it to you. However, you have to understand that your limits and your extensions with regards to where you could take it on Yom Tov are defined by me. What if it's a pit which is shel anshe otahair. In other words, it seems to be open to all, uh, all the inhabitants of that city. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? Uh, the halacha in, uh, it is otahair uh, otahair. It goes based on the inhabitants of the city. Uh, we have two thousand ama outside of that city, even if you in some way, shape, or form have a different extension or whatever it is, you're going to be based on, that's right, the standard person who lives in that city. The last part of the Mishnah, these last words, are going to provoke the most interest in the Gemara. Whereas the first two are somewhat straightforward, first one being an individual pit, the second one being owned or being a part of everyone in that city, the third one is shel oleh bavel. Well, first, just to translate those words, oleh bavel, alot, of course, means to go up. Bavel means, uh, well, it's the place. We're learning Talmud Bavli. It's a reference, as Rashi helps us with uh, understanding this, uh, to those who would go up from Bavel to Eris Israel. And in turn, along the way, along the journey, you maybe have motels and inns and places you needed to stop. You also wanted to have water along the way for yourself, for your animal. There would be borot along the way. There would be pits of water along the way. Who were those owned by? The understanding is, in the most simple sense, they're hefker, they're ownerless. They were built, they were established years and years beforehand. They were purposed for the, the sustenance, the nourishment, the water for anyone who's going up to Eres Israel. But the status in turn of those is, says the Mishnah. 
it's defined by, it's determined by the person who fills up from it. Now that's very significant. First and foremost, as Rashi points out, we talked about Hefker not too long ago. You might recall we cited a Beraita from, well, if you look on Daflamet Heta Mudbet, it says, there's maybe seven lines from the bottom. Now, those were the words. Hefseh Hefker at the bottom of Daflamet Heta Mudbet is a reference to possessions, items that are ownerless. They're owned by, so to speak, Hefker. What's the status of those with regards to if I picked it up on the holiday? Konin Shivita, Afal Pishein Lahem Be'alim. They acquire, they have, based on their location, Shivita. That's where they're residing. You have 2,000 Ama from their placement. Go ahead. You're talking about a hole that's not in your city. Talking about a hole that's in a public area. You were, you were residing outside. You stopped before Shabbat, before Yom Tov, and you took up a place along the highway. Come on like that. So I'm saying it's outside of your... It's outside of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very clear. And then there's this empty one... Well, it's not empty. It's filled with water. I'm sorry. There's ownerless one, and you go as far as what you're going to the L, but only 2,000 amot if you're not? No. Um, uh, no, uh, th- this, is, this pit is outside of the city. You came up to that pit, based on the person who fills from the pit, they then, based on whatever their status is, where did they reside for Shabbat? Where did they plant themselves for Yom Tov? That's right, good. So they planted themselves over there, and in turn, they have, from wherever they established themselves, 2,000 amma further. But it's going to be determined based on them. If there was someone else who was nearby, keep in mind, it could be 1,000 amma outside of the city. It could be, could be within a tome of a city. It's not in the city itself, but it's in the tome of the city. But it's not about going to Israel, so why? No, I don't know about that. That's the stat that Rashi says, that's why it's there. But not that since it's there, you could now carry it as much as you'd like. It's determined, the Mishnah says, memale. the memale means the person who filled it, or filled from it. It's certainly not the way we want to be reading this right now. It's the bucket only that he applies first, right? Not the well. Interesting point. Give me one second to get there. But the answer is no, apparently, which is interesting. But next step. Uh, but first and foremost, this is a blatant, as Rashi points out, contradiction to what we learned on Daflamet Heta Mudbet. On Daflamet Heta Mudbet, the Gemara cited a Beraita, which in turn had the opinion of Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri, that Hefker, there's no such thing as an individual who acquires it with regards to Tehumin on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Hefzeh Hefker have a status as if they are their own owners, and as a result, Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri said you had 2,000 Amma in each direction from where the Hefker was. Over here, there's more leeway. Over here, with regards to this person who finds himself wherever he finds himself, well, you now have a status of that person as opposed to the Hefker itself. That's a, that's a different approach than Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri. Rashi first explains that to us. Then Rashi questions something. Let's read Rashi together. Rashi is um, uh, in the wide lines, maybe eight lines down. Uh, so again, it's determined, it's decided by the person who filled from that, from that pit. 
explains Rashi Mipineh Shehu Hefker. The reason that the status is determined by the person who filled from it is because the items, the water in that pit, are Hefker, they're ownerless. Vehefker Nikneh Behagbaha. And Hefker is acquired through just lifting. And if in turn a person came and asked to borrow or to use that water, the person who takes it from me, who was the initial person who drew water from that well, your status is, your opportunity is only the amount that I drew, or excuse me, only based on the person who drew the water. And in turn, if I have 2,000 amma or 1,000 amma, that's what you have. And then Rashi, just matter of fact, throws in what we just mentioned. This Mishnah, letle, does not have, does not subscribe to the view of Rabbi Hanan bin Nuri that we saw in Daflamet Het, that Hefker isn't determined by the person who acquires it, but rather has, so to speak, its own ownership status. Now Rashi questions. That much we've addressed until now. Now says Rashi, Vechitema. It's rare that you'll see Rashi questioning in that format that'll say, what about, how do you explain? But from time to time, Rashi will do it. If this was so, that the way we're determining the ownership status of this well, well then why aren't we instead saying, quote, uh, why isn't the status of the water in this well more lenient? What do I mean by more lenient? As Eli just a moment ago said, if I come to this well and I draw the water, so now state that the water which I drew and is in my hands is now mine, and if I lend it to you, you can only go X amount based on my status. That much would make sense. It's not what our Mishnah says. Our Mishnah says the pit is determined by the person who drew water from it. It's almost as if by my drawing water from it, the whole pit is mine. How's it all mine? Let me go a step further. Even the water that I drew from it. It's true, I might be acquiring it now, but what about at the moments entering into the holiday, which is our critical zone? Whose was it then? Wasn't it anyone's then? In other words, the fact that I make an acquisition of some sort upon this water on Yom Tov shouldn't really determine the status of this water. This water entering into Yom Tov was potential water. Potential for it to be yours, or yours, or yours, or mine. And as a result, by me taking from it on Yom Tov, even the water that's in my hand, how did we now determine that it's kirag That's a stringency. That means that I'm the owners over it. Why am I the owners over it? Shouldn't it be that it's anyone's? Shouldn't it be like we've been saying throughout, we determine ownership by the moments leading into the holiday? Why does our Mishnah instead teach why is the status of the water determined by me, the individual who drew it? Why isn't it open in a democratic, full-fledged fashion? Anyone who uses it has their own status. It's one thing if you told me the opinion of Rabbi Yohanan, we had it on Daflam al the water has its own status. Its own status, you can't move it any more than 2,000 amma from the water. It's another thing you told me, entering into the holiday, it's ownerless. Anyone who acquires it on the holiday in turn becomes the owners over it. Well, that being the case... Well, that's the question. In other words, any person who uses it becomes the owner in that moment. We've seen such concepts. Owner of the well, not the water. Owner of the 
owner of the water which is taken from the well. Which means you're the owner of the well. Our Mishnah says only one. Rashi's question is anyone. It should be a... Understood. What if it's not new water? What if it's the water which is already there? But it hasn't no, been... The water gets in, like the cup of water, have we'll talk in the Gemara about new water. I want right now no new water. It's collected water. It's a pit. No, no, no rain water, no stream water, no spring water. Just water in there. Entering into the holiday. Whose who's pit is that? Anyone's. Anyone's. So no. you go and you take from it. The pit didn't become yours. You took water, that becomes yours. But even that water entering into the holiday, which was the critical zone in determining whose water this is, it was no one's. And as a result, it should be that if you take that water and hand it off to me, it's now mine. I hand it off to Jack, it's his, and so forth. That's Rashi's question. The answer, and it might be the reason some people are having difficulty wrapping their head around the difficulty, the answer is, well, we spent a lot of time discussing this. It was complicated sugyot, but the concept which will plague us a little bit more in our sugya a little bit later, is berera kasavar yesh berera lehachmir. Rashi's suggestion is this is working with a retroactive mechanism of halakha called berera, which means to say that by me drawing water from that pit on Yom Tob, I've effectively established it as mine, and we say, so whose was it entering into the day? Oh, it was mine. And that's why the status is determined by the mimale. Again, berera, milashon borer, means you're separating. You're separating this as mine retroactively. If two people had the mindset to go and Who came first? That's what yeah. seems to be right. the... Th- right, what is ordered at that point? That was the question of Rashi. The answer of Rashi is, because our Mishnah told us, it's determined by the person who drew the water. I drew this water, it's my water. Uh, but you wanted it as well. Uh, you didn't get I guess when you leave, now, now you're, not, you're giving up ownership on that bit. Right, when you're traveling, it's you 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 this holiday. Just, and then, just for the moment. You drank your water, now you left. Why is your concern now? It's all of this again. It's hifkir again. I, I will accept. I'll, I'll, I'll suggest that the words in the Mishnah, is the water which was taken from the pit. When I drew that water, this water is determined by me. The remaining water is still hifkir. Understood. Accept. All, all this is just established the point of the Tehun, where it's going to Yes. All this conversation is only about so, Tehun. This is a scam now. Yeah. If, you're, if you're owner of a city and you want to get your, your congregants city people to another city outside of the thing, draw a public, make a public well, make a, not a public, make a head well, sure, make a well that's on this. Not going to help you. Why? This is with regards to moving that water. As you asked earlier, if I was Koneshivita, if I determined my, my place of residing over there, all right, so that's the way you pull this off. But then you didn't need the well for this. What I'm saying is it's ultimately speaking where you're carrying the water is determined by, quote, where you live. 
if I don't live in close proximity to that well, it's not going to help me at all. You put me 2,000 amah away from where I live. There are, there are scams, but this is not the one. I mean, there are ways of establishing that which they discuss and they do determine, but over here, that's not what I'm talking about. Over here, the well is over there. Whatever the status of the person who's drawing from it, I might be able to move a foot away from that well. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. That's, and that's the point Charles went. No, you're not. The well is not helping you with anything. This is just determining the water from the well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jack. Once you move away, it's a reset. Sorry. No problem. I was asking, when you draw the water from the well, you're acquiring it by Kenyan, right? Correct. So what's, the, what's the difference between you acquiring yourself from the well and giving it off to your friend as a Kenyan? So, uh, I mean, the, the I answer... Mean, you're, saying, you're saying that won't work, right? The, the answer is that when you're giving it to your friend, it's what's going to be called she'elah. And that's what we learned earlier. If you're she'elah havero on Yom Tov, it's not effectuated. Over here, Rashi is suggesting you're working retroactively that it was yours at the entrance of the holiday. When you gave it to your friend, you can't retroactively say it was his. Uh, says the Gemara here, Rame le Rava le Rav Nachman. There's a contradiction which was asked from Rava to Rav Nachman with regards to the Halakha in our Mishnah. Tenan. On the one hand, our Mishnah says at the beginning, Tenan, it says, Bor shel yachid yachid. If there's an individual who owns a pit, this was before we got into the Ole Bavel business, uh, the status of the water from that pit is determined by Again, le'inyan tehumin is determined by the individual who owns it. Uriminhu, we're asking a contradiction from a beraita. The beraita states the following: Neharot hamoshchin umayanot hanovein. Nahar is a river. A ma'ayan is a spring. Moshichin and Novein, according to Rashi, are the following. Uh, a river which extends, it's moving, its water is in constant movement, it's never stationary. Novein means, although it's not moving uh, in a uh, horizontal, lateral sense, what it is doing is it's constantly uh, flow, it's constantly gushing. Each of these cases, one of them is moving from one place to the other. The other in place, but it's gushing constantly. There's constantly moving water. Of course, something to keep in mind, purposefully stated here in the Beraita. However, the context for us at the moment is a little bit more narrow, and that is that we're dealing with water, both our Mishnah and this Beraita are dealing with water. What's the status of water over here? kol adam. The status of water, this Beraita, without getting specific as we did a moment ago, is telling us, is determined by kol adam. Kol adam means each person who takes from it will have their own tehum, based on where you're residing on Shabbat, whatever your movement capabilities are, that in turn is the movement capabilities of the water which you drew. It seems to be, and that's the stira which Rava is posing to Rav Nachman, a blatant contradiction because whereas our Mishnah said water can be possessed, and if there's a bor shel yahid, it's kiragleha yahid. If there's a pit owned by an individual, the water in turn has the status of that individual. This beraita seems to tell us it's not so. Water, since it's always in this flow-like state, is never possessed by an individual. And you can in turn always transfer it and each person 
I, that's the answer of the Gemara. But each person that it's new water. But right now we're saying water just by means of it being flowing. And therefore, even if it's a pit, which is stationary, our understanding is, it's always going to be able to, quote, tra- change uh, ownership, transfer ownership in a, in a moment. Which means to say that if it's mine in this moment, but then you take from it, Eli, it's now yours with regards to how far you can carry it and so forth. That's a contradiction. Says the Gemara, here's how we'd resolve it. Amar Perhaps this is what we're dealing with. Hacha means here, with what? Askinan, anan, anachno, we, asek, means to deal with. What's our Mishnah's case? When we mentioned a bor in our Mishnah, a pit, it means water which is not refreshing itself. It means water which is not flowing, which is not regenerating, which is not gushing. And as a result, it being stationary means it's mine. And it stays mine. It doesn't transfer ownership in the respect of determining to whom. Our, our Beraita, which we cited alternatively, was talking about a Ma'ayan, was talking about a Nahar, was talking about a spring, was talking about a river. And those, in contrast to this, are dealing with moving water. Water that's moving can and will change ownership with regards to Tehumin. Ve'itmar Namen, indeed we have a statement in the Midrash along those lines as well. Amar Baravin, Amar Shemuel, Our Mishnah is talking specifically and only about water which is collected which is in place, which is not moving in any way. To state it uh, succinctly and, and clearly, our Mishnah told us the halakha with regards to a pit of water. The pit of water entering into the holiday, you look at it and you say, whose water is that? It's Harari's water. If alternatively it's a spring or it's a river, you look at that water you say, whose water? Well, that water is Harari's. The next... Even if it's on my property, the idea that it's constantly moving uh, makes it, the understanding of the hachamim is, makes it a constant, again, you can't come and steal it from me per se. What you can do is if you came and took it from me on the holiday with regards to tehomin, it'll be determined by you. Yeah. What, what are we gaining here? What are we gaining? If uh, Jeffrey Gindi comes to, if Jeffrey Gindi set up his Eruf Tehomin in a specific direction. Well, outside of your city, right? I mean, you know, right? And in turn, you plan on going to the north, 4,000 Amah. South, you cut off any movement, you're going 4,000 Amah to the north. Why? There's a special scholar that you want to go meet with. And so on the way to, to that, you stop off at your neighbor's house, you say, hey, uh, Harari, can I, can I take some water with me? I say, sure, here's the water. Now, how far can you carry? You could walk still 4,000 Amah. How far can you carry that water with you? So is it determined based on your status or my status? If you took it from a collected pit, that's going to be determined by mine. I can't give it to you on the holiday and now you move it to your extent. If if it's my pit, my private ownership. However, even if it's mine and my private ownership, if it's moving water, which means to say the entrance to the holiday wasn't per se the water we're looking at was my water, even though now it's mine, it kind of naturally happened as such, you can take from that water and carry it to your extent. Well, our Mishnah made clear each of those. Now, the ownerless public pit we saw was going to be determined by you. If you hand it over to another, it would be different, but yes, 100%. It says the Gemara, just uh, in concluding, uh, we'll just uh, start this last issue, which I told you is going to be the major issue in the Gemara. So you remember that case, if it was a pit which was, uh, which was put together for the Ole Bavel, for those who were leaving from Bavel, going up to Eris Israel, it's going to be determined by the person 
person who fills their bucket, their jar, their jug with that water. And in turn, if they give it to another person, they'll have the status of the memale, the person who filled with it. Itmar, the Gemara cites a statement in the Midrash of the Emoraim, mile venatan lahavero. What if I fill my jug, my, my, my uh, pitcher, with that water, but as I do so, my mindset is not that it'll be for me, giving me the ownership and only then turning to you and trying to lend it to you where you'll have my status. In the initial moment, as I fill it up, I have in mind I'm going to be giving it to you, Eli. Does that change anything? We have two opinions. Just read the two opinions and we'll deal with them next time. Rav Nachman's statement as well, if Harari had in mind as he filled it up for Boganim, it's Boganim's. Uh, but, yeah, but it went through my pitcher first. It went through my pail first. Doesn't matter. As I filled it up, I was being, as Rashi says, your shaliyah. Shaliyah is love dafka. It's, it's a concept known as zachin adam shelo befanav. You can be you can, you can, you can um, acquire something for another person, provided that it's something positive for them. Even if they don't know about it, Rav Sheshat alternatively says, Amar, for one reason or another, we'll have to understand his opinion. He, he disagrees, and Rav Sheshat claims it's going to be status determined by me, which means to say, yes, I can hand it off to you. Yes, you'll be able to drink and deal with it however you'd like, but ultimately speaking, you'll only be allowed to move it based on my status, the one who filled it up. And we'll continue with this next week. Amen. Amen.